0: Hi everyone. So I'm here with, uh, with with Pete Bully from Air, who's the uh, director of product um, at at Air. Uh, and today we want to have a bit of a conversation, just really around some of the things that they've seen in the market through lockdown uh, and how they've been sort of reacting to it. So 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 Pete, very very welcome. It's great to chat to you. Um, so so what what are some of the things that that you've been th- seeing through the the whole sort of COVID lockdown? I mean, it's been a big. Uh, I mean a big change for the industry, and it'd be good just
1: to hear what what you've been seeing with some of your clients, yeah, of course, I mean as you say there's there's been a big impact on consumer credit lenders, and I think um a lot of that has been about focusing on protecting their existing book and being more proactive in the way that they manage their customers mm. as opposed to you know focusing on on acquisitions. This has been a kind of traditional focus within lenders yeah
0: yeah so so is, and and have you've have you seen a lot of volume come through. I mean, what, what have you have you seen it from a from a from a volume point of view? Has it been, um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of focus around how they how they manage their customer base. And I suppose how's that transpired in terms
1: of some of the products that you've got out in the market? So I think I mean lenders have have needed to think about different approaches to understanding their customers and assessing mm-hmm. their customers, and that's definitely led to an increase in interest. Um, in in our products, mm. uh, so you know we're very focused on on first party data, and we've been big proponents of of first party data directly interfacing with consumers and finding finding out about their situation, and that's really valuable at the moment. I think the the challenge for lenders is that the impact of the pandemic on each individual is very unpredictable. You know, if the the sector that somebody works in has a big impact, for example. So they they're looking for new new ways to understand their customers. And what are some of the some of the some of the themes, I suppose,
0: or you know, pieces of data that they don't have, or you think the traditional models haven't necessarily covered very well. Um, I mean, we, I mean, are there specific areas of you know that that really weren't covered before that you think that you think are getting better covered now? Or?
1: I think one of the challenges is that the um, the financial situation of somebody is changing much more frequently. So mm-hmm. The approach of relying on historic data that there might be a few months out of date just doesn't give you an accurate representation of of where somebody is today so there's there's definitely a focus in how can we understand the you know the affordability for for a consumer today rather than than what their situation might have been a few months ago yeah, and
0: I mean, so how do, how do you think that's changed? I mean, what are some of the new the new drivers that you think are are different? I mean, one of the ones that that we've definitely talked about has been um, has, has been around like industry or industry segment, and there's some good ONS data I've been talking about, uh, which looks at the impact by by segment. I mean, is that is that is that something that sort of that that you've seen, or is it? I mean, and other other kind of indicators that that really people should think about?
1: Um, yeah I mean yeah so, so definitely that's a good example and what, one of the advantages of the approach that we take is we can also be more direct in the type of information that we capture so mm-hmm. we, we were able to very quickly at the beginning of the pandemic start to ask more questions about the impact that that Covid is having directly so that we're not mm-hmm. relying as much on you know the proxy of the industry that they're working in but also what's happening in their specific their, their context the company that they work for and what's the impact been to them yeah. so I mean I think in, industry is probably one of the
0: is probably one of the drivers and I, and I got challenged the other day around you know at the end of the day you do have to make things at an individual level right so even if someone's working industry I mean it has to be around their individual situation um, I think I think what's what's interested me I suppose particularly when we've been chatting before has been you know, sometimes there are things, there are indicators that aren't necessarily intuitive, but might be predictive. Um, so, so industry, uh, industry employment industries is, is like one that's quite intuitive. But I suppose it's that whole sort of machine learning and finding other linkages or other correlations that that could potentially be be predictive. Um, sort of, you know, down, you know, down the road, if if
1: if there is some sort of causation, then at least there be a correlation. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that can be true, but at the same time. You know in our approach we we try to keep things relatively simple you know we're not we're not focusing on very kind of abstract um mm. data points with with customers and when you think about affordability, which is obviously very relevant at the moment, then really it is about about the the impact to the income of an individual and also how their their spending habits have changed and and their, yeah. their attitudes towards finance.
0: I suppose that links into like explainability as well right which which I know I mean that's been a big theme with machine learning in uh, in financial services is making sure it is explainable yeah. um, I mean is that, is that does that I mean that that kind of connects in I, w- I would have thought so so what you're doing is making sure it's it's logical mm-hmm. therefore explainable as well
1: yeah absolutely I mean we try it, it, it can sound counterintuitive but we look for the simplest ways to to build models because they're they're going to be more explainable and Mm. of course there's more attention from the regulator at the moment which, which is absolutely right but lenders and providers of insights like air need to make sure we can explain the, the insights that we're providing scoring mm-hmm. so on scoring. I suppose and
0: you know models are used widely across, particularly the financial services industry, but outside of that too, in utilities and you know telecommunications, etc. I mean, obviously, it's used in the, in the acquisition process, but then it could also be used in the the back end collections process as well. And how far off do you think the the models are going to be? I mean, so w- what happened historically in the models? uh in 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 historically on a customer's account or in terms of their attributes for example the bureau might not might not necessarily representative of what's going forward which seemed like that'd be an area where you could you could kind of augment with some of that data um i mean what's your perspective on the scoring mean, do you think it's going to be predictive or do you think it's it's going to um yeah you know, it's maybe going to be less predictive and then what are the what are the consequences on that on the industry i mean firstly from a collections point of view but also from an acquisition point of view as well
1: yeah, I, I think that you know, as you allude to, the existing models that lenders have might not make sense anymore, and they mm. they do need to, and they are. You know, a lot of lenders are thinking about how they can adjust their models, and a lot of that is thinking beyond the historic, the historic uh, financial data and transaction data that is mm. often driving a lot of these models, and looking at other data sources and. Mm alternative approaches to help them better understand the situation that a customer is in. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, okay. I'd just be interested around, it's going to be interesting around whether whether that's going to create an opportunity or not. So if you still use your old, your own, your own models, your old models, I should say, um, historically, and they're not necessarily being predictive, is that going to be sort of like leaving money on the table? Um, you know, in terms of like under, either under predicting or over predicting, or even segmenting in the wrong in the wrong segments as well. Um, you know, and is is that is that going to represent an opportunity? Is that is that going to be a, a hot topic for, for 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 folks? I think in the next sort of six months, I'm not sure your view is.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's already happening. I think lenders have been have been talking to to different providers of data and mm. looking into different approaches to. You know to augment what they already have so that they can they can take the the segments that are getting left behind and and get richer data
0: and what about gathering the data? I mean digital has been a big theme that's come out through um through through the lockdown. And people have been very interested in, like, how can they use digital really to to augment capacity, to provide additional processing uh, power, and those kind of things. But I suppose the, the the other aspect, the flip side on digital, is you've also got a good way of sort of capturing additional data and capturing additional evidence. Um, I mean, if, if in terms of the, the the information you're seeing, the extra information you're seeing gathered, um, I imagine it's digital. But I mean, I mean, what's what? How are you thinking about the that in terms of the best way to kind of capture it?
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, I think particularly in customer management and collections, we've seen an acceleration in in the adoption of more digital approaches. I mean, mm. I think a- acquisitions has been ahead in that space, mm. and um, certainly in terms of capturing evidence, you know, some lenders already have capabilities around that, um, and we we at Air would typically sit sort of further up the funnel, so we're we're helping to to capture. Um, data from from individuals but less uh, uploading bank slips and and that sort of evidence mm. and, you know lenders should should be asking for that when when they need to but hopefully mm. that can be on a smaller a smaller population I but mean, I think um, I do think digital is a really
0: interesting way of sort of getting that extra information and you sort of got it stored as well um which i and we we were chatting earlier a little bit about gathering some of that information earlier then you can use that for the modeling piece sort of downstream i mean that's that seems like a quite a smart thing to smart thing sort of approach to do um Uh, is so i mean how how should people think about gathering first party data i mean one of the things i've been talking with people about is through the lockdown is now is a really good time to try and gather data right it's a good time to capture data um any kind of guidance around doing that I mean because I know you're doing that from you've been doing that from a modeling point of view, but it'd be good to just get some themes in terms of you know what's the best way to do it what kind of data is worth
1: doing what kind of like infrastructure do you really kind of need I think yeah so I um, mean we've done a lot of research in this area because we want to make sure that the experience we provide is appropriate for consumers mm. and that they're going to engage in that and I think actually a lot of the adoption of the more digital approaches is is driven by by what consumers are looking for. A, a lot of people would rather fill out you know, a simple form or engage with something on their phone as opposed to, to have a long phone call with somebody where they might feel a bit more judged or a bit more um, uneasy about providing mm. that information. And that needs to be done in a way that's, that is secure and is safe and with, with proper consent. But I think increasingly there there are ways to do that through digital platforms that consumers are comfortable with than mm. perhaps they would have been you know even five years ago what, what, what's your view on the lockdown
0: do you think it's it's it's, it's generated um, you know additional adoption around digital um, i mean I, th- I think it's, it's it's quite interesting in terms of you know customers who may not have even considered using digital Uh, contact channels or digital ways of contacting people all of a sudden we've been forced into doing it because we can't go into a branch anymore or we can't you know um, you know the 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 capacity isn't there to necessarily be able to call up and talk to people and so we've almost like been forced to adopt you know digital digital technology even 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 video calls like this right which we've all been watching right and I just wonder if that's that's sort of penetrated digital into a new sector that that maybe didn't exist before.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the case. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of lenders, even if traditionally they were handling a lot of customer management or collections interaction through phone calls, mm-hmm. they've, they've not been able to have, particularly early in lockdown, as many agents available. And so often consumers that, that were, call, were calling up or in the past where they would have sent an email asking them to, to make a call, they're instead trying to divert people to these digital channels to, to create that operational efficiency. Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I and I don't think that's that's something temporary because actually I think lenders and consumers will see the advantages around interfacing in that way. I'd be interested to see if there's extra
0: you know adoption and particularly there's some interesting graphs you can look at where it's adoption digital adoption by age group and just if that graph kind of changes as a result of the of the lockdown I think yeah um, that'd be that'd be that'd be that'd be be interesting because it some of this stuff is actually pretty easy, right? And you can actually, um, in terms of like, you know, facilitating from a service point of view, from a consumer point of view, it's you can get answers very quickly. And I think sort of people start to see some of the benefits of some of that. So, so one of the one of the one of one of the other pieces that's quite interesting that is is response rates and how do you drive response rates? So we talked a bit about digital adoption and, you know, how, how, how people will, um, you know, res- now responding more to, to digital, um, uh, digital interaction. But any, any tips or thoughts around, you know, how to generate the best response rates in terms of, like, questions to ask or formats or those kind of things when people are thinking about that? Um, I, think, I think that'd be quite, quite interesting because obviously you're doing this as, as part of your
1: service, right, as well. Yeah. How should people think about it? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, this is definitely a huge focus for us and we've done a lot of generative user research around this um, and it, it really depends a lot, I think, on on the situation, uh, the, the relationship with the consumer in the situation. So, for example, we've found in some situations a um, a customer is happier being contacted by a third party on behalf of the lender, instead of oh. the lender themselves, depending on, you know, how they feel the lender might be thinking about them or the, the situation that they find themselves in with their lending product. So definitely one component is thinking about the um, the message, the initial message to that customer and the situation they're in and how that they will take that. Um, and then I think, you know, what's really important when thinking about third party data is for the customer, any questions that are asked need to feel relevant. They need to understand why you're, they're being asked that um because otherwise it, you know they start to lose trust in the process mm. and so I think um you know it's it's really important to to spend a lot of time on that positioning
0: mm. Why do you think the third party piece works or rather going via a third party rather than going? Directly from the lender itself. I mean, what, what's what's the, what what what's what do you think the, the theme is behind that? It's
1: quite interesting. So I, I mean, it, it, I think it that that's only the case in some in some circumstances. But if mm. if um, if a consumer is in financial difficulty, for example, there are mm. times where they they feel quite afraid of of a lender for example they they they're worried about the lender getting in touch because they know they're in difficulty and they know they that they're having problems paying paying for their product and so if they feel like uh, a third party is is somebody that's in the middle and is is advocating for them as well and trying to help them with the situation they, they can feel sometimes more comfortable with with interacting in that way. Mm, that's
0: quite interesting, right? So, um, and you, it sounds like that's maybe a little bit more applicable in the collection space than than it would be, say, upstream.
1: Yeah, I think so, because I mean, equally in other in other circumstances, a consumer might feel that it's strange that uh, another company has contacted them. Why why isn't their lender dealing with them directly? So it's mm. that you know, it's quite nuanced. And you mentioned there about uh, relevant questions and making sure the
0: questions are relevant to people. Um, how nuanced do you think that that needs to be and what's what's the best kind of approach to what do you think the best approach is to try and to try and pull some of those things out um you know does it have to be different for every single customer how much can you pre-think some of these things imagine these are some of the things you you've probably had to think through
1: yeah i mean i think you know certainly you can't have a standard set of questions that that you're asking if you're trying to identify information because it will start to become irrelevant for that individual. Mm. So having very dynamic journeys, I think, is in, important. Uh, but equally, you know, we talked about explainability from a from a regulatory standpoint, but also just you know, as you, as you're interacting with a consumer, making sure that that you're providing additional explanation about why you're asking something helps give them the context. Mm. And what about things like complete rates i mean so so if you have
0: you have a really long kind of you're gathering this extra information to sort of yeah help with this segmentation sort of down, downstream um if you have a really long kind of questionnaire and you can sort of like it could be it, people just get bored right and they just they just they never get to the end of it. how do you think about completion rate and you know are other ways to sort of keep people engaged through it i mean that that must
1: surely be part of it yeah i mean so definitely it's important to to try and reduce you know the the, the length of time that you're asking mm. for from somebody, and, and you have to balance that with the value that you're getting from, from the information that you're requesting. But equally, I think, you know, people are willing to, to invest in, you know, if given that opportunity to explain their situation more and, mm. and not just have, you know, a number that's assigned to them, be the extent to which they're being judged around something, I think most people are willing to invest a bit of time in, in answering some questions, but yeah. Mm there's a balance there for sure mm. well, it's really
0: interesting so it certainly sounds like you know gathering diff- additional information on on the call um can provide some additional insight and sort of be fairly seamless in terms of you know what it's what it what it means in terms of like segmentation and sort of scoring downstream i think that's uh and it, and it certainly sounds like you know through the lockdown we, i mean it's the same kind of theme in terms of additional dis- additional digital adoption um definitely a theme. definitely thing coming through yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: Well, Pete, thanks very much for the time. I I really appreciate it. Very informative, and uh, and thanks again. And we'll look forward to chatting soon. Thanks, Chris. Okay, thanks.